Welcome back to the Game Plan NFL Week 8. We're talking best bets, we're talking DFS, and we're talking with the number one DFS player in my mind. And on the rankings, what are you, top 10 at this point, John? Um, but you are the number one DFS player, professional sports better extraordinaire from the Sharp app, John Statsational So What's up, my man? Not much, man. What's going on? Um, just killing it. Excited. NBA's getting started um, as well. So sports galore everywhere we look. It is. Yeah, we're jam-packed now. This is it. This is prime time from October till, uh, oh, man, till like February. It doesn't get any better than this. If you're a DFS player, if you're a sports better, you've got baseball, you've got, you've got basketball, you've got football, you got hockey. What else is there? All the majors happening at once. It is the quadfecta. But today we're going to take a focus on NFL, of course. And we're taking a look at the main slate for NFL Week 8. Um, it is a big week, John. There are no buys this week. We're back to full slates of games. Lots of games. Last week was weird. A lot of big underdogs. Um, a lot of big underdogs come through. Good for your bet. John's a big underdog better. How'd you do I last cry, week? Kill not cry. I, that was one of the best weeks I've ever had. Between college football and, uh, and NFL, it was like... I don't know, something like 12 and two or something like that. It was, it was yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. I had people in the uh, in my in my discord channel in the DFS Army discord talking about, yeah, I've just been I followed John's bets. I went five and one. I was like, man, John's on and fire. The only loss was that Arizona game, which they really could have covered that game, too. Against Seattle. Um, they missed a field goal late to cut it. It was they were down seven, missed a field goal. He had the laces turned the wrong way and they tried to adjust them while he was kicking. Yeah, Otherwise, they cover that game. The kicker was not happy after. No, I don't blame him. Some uh, breaking some uh, breaking some boxes or something. So yeah, I mean, really good stuff last week, and we'll see if we can keep that going. <clears throat> I just had a hard time actually identifying any NFL plays. I, I didn't really take many sides last week. I just was my tendency to bet the uh, the favorites uh, came back to bother me. I was just I don't like any of these favorites, so I ended up. Rather, I need to start betting those dogs in those situations where I'm like, ah, I need to go with the other way. I need to take it the other way. So we'll see um, how that goes for me. But good stuff. Congrats on uh, on a smash last week, John. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, all right. So let's get into it, though. We got another big week. Again, no buys. Um, some injuries, some stuff, late breaking news, things like that. Not sure when when people are watching this, but um, we just found out that Brock Purdy doesn't look like he is going to play for the 49ers. We get Samwise the Scared at the helm for the 49ers, uh, which did move the line a couple of points already and, and maybe more. There's a bunch of other backup quarterbacks. There's some weird spots here I think that we could take advantage of. So let's get into it with the first game on this slate, which is the uh, Rams at the Cowboys. Um, with the Cowboys coming in as a six and a half point home favorites in this one, Rams on the road. Uh, this game carries a, what I think is a very high seeming um, 45 and a half point total. I don't know if that's high, but seems a little bit high for a, a Dallas home game. Usually Dallas is a pretty good defensive team. So um, let's start with this one. John, uh, Rams coming off. Uh, I don't remember what they did last week. Rams lost. They lost at home to Pittsburgh. Yeah, actually a rough loss to yeah. Pittsburgh. Um, an unexpected loss. And um, now they're on the road here heading out to Dallas. Take on a Cowboys team uh, that's four and two, and plays really good defense at home. Although you know, every once in a while, they just give up a massive number to their opponent. So, how do you see this one going down? 
Yeah, I mean, as far as the the game goes, don't love it. I agree with you on the total, though. It seems a little that seems a little high. I mean, I've got the total at on my model forty one, um, which that that sort of seems in line. So it it almost it's almost scaring me here that they're kind of sucking you in on and under. But um, I mean, just when you look at these two teams play, it just everything seems to point towards the under on this game. So um, I don't know if, if we're seeing anything on the sharp report. If you have that up as far as uh, any sharp money on this game, but as far as me, I mean, my lean would be to the under and I don't, I don't know. I just, I can't, I can't get a good feel. I mean, my, my numbers have this at three. So where we're looking at right now at the six and a half seems a little, that does seem a little high, but um, yeah, I can't get a good feel for the Rams. I, I just feel like the Rams are better than they are. And then they disappoint me. Kind of liked them last week. I didn't play that game, but I liked them against Pittsburgh, and that that was a real disappointing showing. Cup was a disappointing showing. I mean, it was a uh, not not a great game for the Rams. Puka had Puka had the good game instead of Cup. They uh, did a good job of shutting Cooper Cup down. I'm looking at the power ranking sheet, um, your power ranking sheet over at the Sharp app, and you know the the prediction here is not really great um, in terms of like a lot of fantasy goodness coming from this game with Dallas projected for under 200 passing yards, which is really um, low. And and uh, the Rams, only 215 passing yards. The one spot that stands out for me in this game and stands out the most is Dallas run game. I'm, uh, again, what you're looking at on screen, guys, is the John Sensational Alessia power ranking sheet and, and effectively um, prediction metric for what will happen in these NFL games. And in this one here, it's predicting 121 rushing yards for Dallas. And that is the spot that I really like. So I'm into Tony Pollard uh, in general. I think this, we might see that Tony Pollard breakout this particular week. Um, I think Dallas pieces are probably more interesting than pieces from the Rams in this game. So, you know, a CD lamb type uh, type player also just fine in a spot like this. Um, it looks like a prediction here. You're right. Is three points for Dallas. So the six and a half point line seems a bit um, aggressive. But I also think the Rams are not the kind of team that does very well against uh, a strong pass rush. So, you know, Matt Stafford's very statuesque. And, and if they could get to him, it could get out of hand. Um, the game could get out of hand a little bit. So we'll keep an eye on that. Um, do you have a side here? No, I didn't really care for the, the game. I mean, I would <clears throat> I would lean towards, uh, towards the Rams and the under. Yeah, I see that. Um, all right, let's, let's move on to the next one here. We got the Vikings at the Packers. With the Vikings coming in as, oh, I should have had that open, uh, one-point road underdogs. A little surprising to see the Vikings as an underdog coming off that big win, but um, it's another week, and they are coming off an emotional win. Packers are at home. They're one-point favorites. The game total set at 43. So I'll throw this one over to you. I think I did see some sharp money on the Vikings on the sharp report. If I'm correct, yeah, they, they the sharps bet it at a pick. It's actually different. It depends on the book that you're at. Some books have this at Minnesota getting a point. Some have it at Green Bay getting a point. So I'll take the point. What was that? Ah, I'll take the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so you this, get. <laughs> this is one of those ones where if you want, I I, I guess uh, let's see here. BetMGM definitely has it. The Vikings getting a point. Yeah, BetMGM, and then. You can uh, bet MGM, yeah, and you're getting that at minus 115 at plus a point. And if you go to like DraftKings or I believe uh, 
Caesars has it as a pick em. DraftKings has it at Minnesota minus one. Um, oh, wow. And FanDuel's got it at Minnesota minus one and a half. So it's 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 varying. Uh, but you're laying only 102 on that minus one and a half. So it really, uh, it differs quite a bit from book to book. Is there an arbitrage opportunity at this moment? Uh, I'd have to look at the at the juice on these, but it's probably not a great R because, I mean, it, you're very unlikely for a game to end on one or or a tie. So, and that's really what you would need to have happen to be profitable. Um, I'd have to look at it, but not hard to figure out. Not, not a good, and uh, all right. So, but the Sharps, uh, the Sharps like the Vikings. And how about you? You were a Sharp. Yeah, I kind of like the Vikings as well um in this one so yeah that would definitely be my lean on on the game um i i just don't like green bay at all now minnesota i think that what you have to be leery is coming off of the game against san francisco monday night football that was a huge win kind of gets them back into the season um gives them a shot now to play they lose that game they pretty much their season was done now they've got a shot um you come in this is a big rivalry with green bay of course neighboring uh, states there and and the Green Bay Minnesota rivalry is a pretty good one. Yeah, that is a nasty one. And uh but so you don't think they'll be down for this game. I wouldn't expect it. Um yeah, so, there you go. Am I sporting Vikings purple for this one or am I rocking my Green Bay um no, green, like, and, green and yellow? I, I like the purple on you. Yeah. Well, there it is. Yeah. That 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 is enough of a reason. That's it. So the uh but yeah, the the Minnesota, I you know, I've been I've been bearish on them. I have the under for their total. So I mean that game Monday night did did hurt my chances on the under. I still like it under eight and a half. Uh I still think I have a good shot at hitting that bet, but certainly a loss to San Francisco would have helped. But um yeah, I just think they're the better team. The like Green Bay is coming off uh, a miserable game against um who they play against uh, Denver last week and certainly could have won the game, but I mean you know how bad Denver is. They couldn't win that game. They were they were slight favorite in that game. Couldn't win it. I didn't expect them to. That was one of my bets. Was Denver. Um, I just don't like this team. I don't like the Green Bay team. I think it's it's. Uh, I think they're below mediocre, quite frankly. Um, and when you look at my model, it likes Minnesota as a three point favorite, which yeah. I I kind of expected as well uh, coming into this. I thought they'd be favored. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Minnesota in this one not not a huge opinion on the total um i think it's about right that 42 42 and a half area i like the minnesota side as well i, I think that's the bet here um minnesota's just a better team than the packers right now so i'm, I'm with you on that even on the road I, I don't think it matters that much um i don't i don't like that minnesota's coming off an emotional victory and a lot of times that like is set up for a letdown but um, the Packers just don't look that good. And, and I'm looking at the power ranking sheet, not just the not just the total pro projection, which, again, guys, this tool is available for all Sharp App users. Make sure you are on the Sharp App signed up. If you if you bet on sports, this is an incredible tool for that amongst so many others that are really um, incredible. But um, for me, just on the DFS angle here, you know, Green Bay doesn't project well at all. Um, 199 total passing yards. That's not exciting. 84 rushing yards, completely unexciting in this matchup. So the Packers uh, offense just hasn't been very good. On the flip side, the Vikings, I don't think you can fuck with their running backs at this point. They're kind of splitting uh, Cam Akers and Madison up to where they're both getting a lot of touches and no one's delivering any kind of value. So we have to ignore the running backs. And all that's really left are the uh, wide receivers for the Vikings and, uh, and, and of course, the tight end. And I like, th I like that group. I like them all. Uh, give me Addison. Addison broke out last week. Fine, he's still priced low for a guy who doesn't have jo uh, J Justin Jefferson sucking up all the targets on the team. 
And and TJ Hawkinson will be one of the best tight end plays every single week on every single slate. It's just how it is, but even more so without Jefferson. So that's the way I'm looking to go for this particular game uh, from a DFS angle. Neither of the quarterbacks are going to be in play for me this week. Um, all right. We got a bet on the Vikings. I like it. Let's keep it going, John. We got a big slate, 13 games. So we got to we're gonna power through these bad boys. Um, next up, we got the Falcons at the Titans. With the Falcons installed as not enough favorite here, minus three road favorites. Um, taking on a Titans team that will be starting William Levis. And they're not even sure if he's good enough to play a whole game. They got Malik Willis in the background. Whatever it is, it's a, it's an ugly situation for Tennessee. Very ugly. They're getting three. Um, the total here is 36. That might be too high. What do you say, John? Yeah, I think the total might be a little high. Um, I, I agree with you. It's 35 and a half already over on FanDuel. So kind of depends on which way you want to go. If you like the over, that's, that's the place to go hit it. But yeah, I mean, it's... It, it's amazing how many of these games we're seeing in the 36 to 38. You never see this. This, year. this is so unusual. I don't know if people are new to following sports betting. I mean, if you've been following my DFS content for years, yeah. it's always focused on the totals too. But like, man, these are crazy low. Crazy yeah. low. You know, I mean, my, my projection has it at 34, which that really is not taking into account the, the new quarterback. So, you know, you... I had it as a two-point favorite for Tennessee without the without the quarterback in there. So what they're telling you, I mean, is this a five-point? It's probably not a five-point move, which means they probably would have had this game closer to a pick em. I mean, maybe it is five with uh, – you just don't know. So here's the, you have to make that determination. If you think this quarterback switch is more than uh, a three- to five-point edge – then you're going to have to take Atlanta. I kind of, I kind of feel like that's the the side that you you're going to want to be. I, I just don't know how you can bet Tennessee. Uh, I think you're you're either taking Atlanta on this one or you're just passing on the game. Um, but the under, I mean, we saw the 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 sharp money coming on the under at 38, and that's knocked this total down to that 35 and a half to 36 and a half range. Again, on the total. I don't know if there's much in it now. I mean, at 35 and a half or 36, it's real tough to take. The, I don't like the over, but it's pretty tough to take the under. So, I mean, I think if you have to take it, you're, you're looking at Atlanta and the under. But uh, Atlanta, I like that side a little bit more than I like the the uh, total at 35 and a half or 36 and a half. Either, either or. That's a little low for me. Yeah, tough, tough one. I think you got to take the Atlanta side here. You can't trust Will Levis at QB. Um, the team obviously doesn't think he didn't think he was ready. He wasn't even the backup. He was the third and now they're ro rolling him up. Uh, you know, th those are sketchy. Those are sketchy things. So you, you just can't be trusted. I like kind of Will Levis as a raw prospect. And what if he's good? It could happen, but um, I'm not counting on it. I'd rather count on him being what he should be, which is a raw rookie that can't lead a team, makes a lot of mistakes, turnovers, uh, against the Falcons team that just wants to run the football. It's funny because the Titans defense is much tends to be better versus the run than the pass. But, but in this type of situation, it doesn't matter that much when, when your offense, when a team's offense can't control the football uh, for long periods of time, their defense just gets tired and, and breaks down over the course of the game. So even if you were good or, or projected well for most of the year, that, that was a different dynamic than a game like this where they're bringing in the backup quarterback, and I expect turnovers to happen. So for DFS purposes, the first and foremost thing, and, and the first button I'm clicking this week, John, is Atlanta defense. I'm clicking them over 
and over and over again. That is my favorite defense. That is the one you want. They're priced as if it's a as if it's not a backup quarterback that they're facing, which makes me happy. They're priced as if they're they're underdogs in a game when they're favored. So that is the spot. The other spot that I'm excited about here is Bijan Robinson coming off the disaster last week where he doesn't play because of the illness. No one wants to play him. Oh, he sucks now. I think they they like overdo it with Bijan this week to let you know, no, he was just ill. Unless the illness, if there's a Q tag on him, I'm out <laughs> fucking gone because I don't know what this mystery illness was. But beyond that, if it's not a Q tag, <laughs> I am going to be uh, interested in Bijan for my tournament action. And of course, I mean, if you wanted to kind of play the, the, uh, the, the matchup here, you know, love is fine too, or not love. Uh, uh, London is fine too, or, or Pitts or, or something like that. But I really do think that the Falcons should be able to dominate this game with their defense and the running back. And I like combining that for a correlative effect. So that's how I'm looking at it. And I, uh, I definitely think the only question I have with the bet here is, should we just go money line? Uh, you know, th- it's going to depend on what the, uh, what the line is. You could always hit me up in the Discord. I told you I've got that spreadsheet where I kind of figure it out. But yeah. I think uh, one, if I, if I'm not mistaken, like if you have minus two and a half, uh, I think it's like 144. If you can get better than minus 144, that's just it's minus head, 150 but. for minus three. So it's right yeah. there. It's right there. Yeah, minus 150 for minus three is probably not too bad. Yeah, I, I kind of like. I don't mind hitting the money line here and maybe maybe in a parlay with another money line or two that we might figure out. And I looked at the I looked at the news inside the Sharp app, and uh, and Bijan was good to go today, so he should be fine. Yeah, I think Bijan is. I I love the bounce back concept for Bijan. It's going to be tough to click the button in DFS at his price, but you know he's in a, he's at a perfect little level, especially on Fanduel. He's at a really cool price point with Pacheco and and sort of Hunt and and, and a bunch of these type of guys where you're kind of like, yeah, okay, I like him in this spot. So um, I I like that spot for DFS purposes. All right, let's continue on. We've got a couple bets already. We like the Falcons. We like the Vikings. Nothing on the Rams game. Let's see if we can keep it going here with the Saints at the Colts game. So in this case, the Saints are traveling to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Uh, this is effectively a pick em or a minus one for the Colts if you're looking at BetMGM. Um, with a 43.5 point total. You know, the Colts are running out uh, backup QB Goddard Minshew, who had a spectacular game last week, broke the slate. You know, had somebody actually stacked up Minshew last week, they could have taken down the Millie Maker with that score, except no one did it. So it ended up being, um, you know, the 37-pointers from uh, from Mahomes and, and Lamar that were at the top of tournaments. But had you played Minshew, you could have won that tournament with the 29 that he put up. What the fuck, right? Of all the plays... Minshew against Cleveland was the least one on, on my, you know, I played every shitty stack that you could ever think every garbage QB that fucking sucks. I'll play him. I got it. But that one, I was like, no, no, not against Cleveland. No, I think Cleveland Cleveland gave up a a thousand yards total going into the game. So, I mean, it was like, but he he ran two in and you know, it, it it happens. By the way, it it was a lot of what you're just saying. It's not like, like Pittman caught 150 yards and a touchdown either. Uh, you know, Downs was four targets, just like he broke away. Pittman had one breakaway play that made his day. And so this it was a bit of a fluky big score. So it was a bit of a fluke. 
But hey, who cares? Million dollars later, who gives a shit how you got there, right? So I, I was not on it. Mea culpa. Mea culpa. But here we got Minshew in a better matchup against the Saints. Saints are a good defensive team. Let's get a look at the... I, I'm actually really curious. been waiting for the, um, the power ranking sheet for this one just to get a sense of some pred predictions here. And yeah, I mean, according to this, the, the Saints have been pretty good against the pass. Um, let's see where, where we have New Orleans. They are, uh, yeah, they're they're 25 yards below mean expectation to opposing pass catchers. Makes a little bit of sense with uh, Marshawn Lattimore having a, a pretty good year. And it looks like the Saints are a team that you would like to run against. They're slightly below average against the run, which actually plays very nicely into um, the hands of what the Colts want to do. And one of my other interesting plays, which is Jonathan Taylor. Um, Taylor still in a 50-50 split with Moss, but I just know that Taylor is a better player than Zach Moss. And you would expect that he will start to slowly wrestle the lead role away, and maybe it starts this week. Um, but it seems like running against the Saints is what you should do. Um, I don't mind Pittman or Downs here or Minshew and any of that trio, but I think the running game is, is a little bit more exciting from a um, from a DFS angle. What do you say, John? Yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of like uh, from a betting betting side. I, I lean towards Indianapolis in this game. I mean, my model's got it at I believe a four point differential. Um, I I I respect the New Orleans defense. Not not to, you know not the best defense in the league, but not terrible, but I think Indianapolis has surprised me here. I think they're, they've been a better team. Uh, listen, they were pretty good offensively with Richardson, and that kid was just starting, you know, just starting out his career. And now with Minshew, they're better. Um, you know, long term, obviously, it's a Richardson show. But right now, I think this is a better team with Minshew. Uh, Could have won that game. I mean, it, honestly, it was like special teams and a couple of great defensive plays that, that won that game for Cleveland last week. Otherwise, uh, the Colts wound up winning that game. So. All defense. Yeah, it was crazy. It was a lot of points for a Did great defensive effort from Cleveland. Like it was, it was like you said, it was just a fluky, uh, a fluky type of game. So the the sharp money is actually on the over. I kind of agree with that too. I, I like the over on uh, on this game. That's that's kind of the side I like the most. If you're if you're betting it, you know you get this is the Wong teaser type of play where you get to tease it over the three and over the seven. So you would take the dog there and tease New Orleans up. I don't mind that play at all either. I don't think this game's a blowout. I think it stays close. So you can get New Orleans all the way up to eight and a half. I like that play on teasers. But um, yeah, I, I, I do like the over. And if I had a lean at the one and a half, I do like the Colts. But uh, I think the over's a little bit, uh, a little bit more solid this yeah. week. And, yeah, and I actually forgot to mention in talking about, I only talked about the Colts side of it. I actually like some of the pieces on New Orleans from DFS angles. I think... Um, Olave continues to get double digit targets every week and the price keeps coming down. I like that. I like volume at, you know, at a discount. That's my thing. And then of course, Kamara is basically a DFS cheat code at this point, getting over 10 targets per game. Um, and I like Kamara as well. I'll take that. If he could score a touchdown, that's really going to elevate those 16s and 17s. He's getting into 24s and 25s, which wins you the tournament. So um, yeah, give me some Kamara as well. And Olave here. Um, Rashid Shahid is a cheapie also in play for me. So, yeah, and, and that goes along with your over, uh, I would say, quite a bit. Um, your over lean. All right. Next up, the Patriots are at Miami, taking on the Dolphins. 
coming in as nine and a half point road underdogs with the game total there set at 46 and a half. Um, John, you're a big, uh, you're a big, uh, you like a plus nine and a half. You don't really care who it is, right? The Patriots uh, plus nine and a half here taking a Dolphins team. Um, that's just fire offensively on fire all season long. Um, can they, can, can, I think, the, can the Dolphins shut down the Patriots completely and, and cover this? I don't know if they shut them down. Um, I kind of like the nine and a half. I'm going to be taking the points. Uh, this, is, this is typically, I've been on New England now. This will be the third week in a row. Definitely a bet I'm going to have. Um, liked them last week. I, I don't know if I mentioned it here last week, but I did did like them on the, the a small little bit on the money line as well. So that came through. Um, yeah, I, I, I like them here. I mean, Miami's coming off that game on Sunday night. That was a huge matchup against uh, against Philly. They they come up short. Maybe maybe a few penalties that didn't go their way. Maybe the game goes a little bit differently. But uh, this is a big number. I, I just think I, I I just continually feel like we're getting value on New England. I know people thought I was crazy last week. They and they wound up winning the game. Uh, they should have covered that game against the, against Vegas. It's just not that I think it's a good team. I just think it's a better team than the market thinks. So in in that instant, I feel like you're getting some some value. Uh, I think this line probably should be closer closer to seven seven and a half, not the nine and a half. Or ten, so I think you could really hold out here and wait on this and uh, see if it gets, see if this one gets down to uh, gets back up to ten. Now, sharp money. The sharps did take this when it hit ten. This uh, it briefly was above that, and it's actually come down because the sharps are on it. But we'll see. I, I think the public will probably be on Miami in this game. In which case, if they can push, if the public can push it back to ten. Now that may be difficult to do, right? Because if we see, so the, one of the advantages of using the sharp report, it's kind of like, it, you know, if you've ever traded uh, and you know where a good resistance point is and a good support line is, um, you know, it can, it'll help with your trading. I can buy at support levels and I can sell at resistance levels. That's kind of what you have in the sharp report here because we've got on the report, it's letting us know that sharps hit it at 10. They hit New England at 10. So maybe the chances of this one getting back up to 10 are slim because they don't want to get whacked by the, by the uh, sharp money again. So that's the whole reason they dropped this down to nine and a half because they know at nine and a half, they're not going to have as uh, the sharps aren't going to have as big an appetite for this one at nine and a half. Every time it goes up to 10, they risk booking more bets on the New England side that they may not want to take that action on. So that's it's a good uh, having the sharp part. It's good to let you know where the sharps are. Plus, it's good to let you know the probability that this gets back to 10. So, yeah, I mean, I don't mind waiting on it because if I get nine and a half or it drops down to nine, it's pretty inconsequential. Games don't typically end on a nine. Um, but I think the chances of this getting back to 10 are slim. Okay. I, I like it. And I like the side here. Um, you know, dolphins are going to lean heavy on the run most weeks and, and, um, uh, Patriots are pretty good against the run. So they, they should be able to slow that down. And I, I don't think the, the, you know, the one thing the Patriots might try to do, I don't know if it'll be successful is they'll probably try to bracket Tyree kill and figure out a solution for that, but you know, good luck with that. So, um, as far as DFS angles go, I don't really think Mostert is playable at his salary on either site, FanDuel or DraftKings. They've effectively priced him out of viability, which is fine. I'm kind of happy to not have to make a decision there. Um, and I can just get off of him, which is cool. I mean, he's been uh, the highest score, uh, one of the highest scoring players in DFS like on the year, but it doesn't matter. You can't charge 9K or 8.5K for that style of player. Um, the volume's just not there Patriots Kendrick Bourne has been doing a little bit. So maybe that um, on the Dolphins side, you know, Tyreek, but I, I don't think I'm going to get a whole lot from this game, even though it's got one of the highest totals on the slate. 
I just don't think I'm going to find a whole lot of things that are viable. Like two is a little too expensive for this matchup. Uh, Hill is just un unusable at his price point. So outside of something like a Waddle or, or Mostert, I, I think effectively the Dolphins players have been priced out of viability in DFS. They don't come anywhere near points per dollar value when you look at their projections. So might just have to be off of it. What are you going to do? Um, I, li I like your side on the Patriots side, though. But again, I don't mind teasing that up. I love it. If you're going to take it, we, we, we found another game where a couple of tease ups, maybe some tease ups. Yeah, more points. yeah I, don't, I don't like tease. I don't like to kind of like I'd rather play it. Um, you know, I, I'd rather take this if you if you like, um, you know, if you like New England and take it for like some plus money and like and, and come down on it. To take like it like seven. plus 150 at like minus six at, and a half. At like plus, well, plus seven. I'm saying if I, if I like the New England, oh or, yeah, that's what I mean, like plus six and a half or plus seven, you right. probably get like minus. You could probably get plus one fifty or plus one seventy on on that right. bet. Yeah, I'd rather go that way. Or if I like Miami and I, I just thought it was going to be a blowout, like just take it at a, a thirteen or something like that, minus thirteen. Okay, try to get plus money. But yeah, I don't really like the tease. Um, I don't. I don't want to tease this one up at all. I, I don't like teasing that number um, nine and a half up to like fifteen and a half. So this doesn't work for me. Okay. I like it. Um, all right. So let's, let's move on. We got the jets at the giants home field. Irrelevant. When everybody's playing at the Meadowlands, uh, or whatever they call the jet stadium now. Yeah. MetLife. Yeah. Um, Meadowlands. It'll always be the Meadowlands. Well, it, it's still the Meadowlands, but yeah. Um, so in this case, we have the giants coming in as three point, favorites uh or i'm sorry three-point underdogs the jets three-point favorites which i think is appropriate the jets are a much better team i, I think that D daniel jones should be back for this game which i'm not sure if that's a net positive or not but he should be back uh for the giants in this one um saquon barkley tough spot against the jets defense that probably going to shut that kind of player down and of course um on the jet side i have a lot of interest in in Brees hall and, and garrett wilson here but Brees Hall, especially um, Jets are favored. You're not going to get a lot of Jets favored games this season. That's going to be a rarity, but that's going to heavily favor the running back position for the Jets. If the Jets are playing from ahead, they're going to lean heavy on the run. We saw it against Denver. I expect that to happen here. So for me, just from a DFS angles perspective, aside from the fact I do like a bet on the Jets, I'm, I'm curious which way you're going with it. I, I do like the Jets side, but you know, I have a little bit of Homer bias here, but um, I love Brees Hall, and I like Garrett Wilson as DFS plays. I don't like anything to do with the Giants here. 36-point total, though, really is not the kind of game where you want to go too crazy with DFS plays. No, definitely not. I mean, I don't love the game. Um, I would lean on the Jets side as well. I do think it's just going to be a running, grinded-out style game. I don't think either team's going to be able to pass the ball all that well in this game. So uh, for that reason, I kind of like the under a little bit more than I like the sides here, even though the total is has been bet down uh, a bit. I, I still think you can get a little bit of value at like the 36 and a half, 37 number. Uh, my projections have it at like 34. I just think it's going to be an ugly type of game. I can't see a whole lot of scoring. And um, yeah, I would, I would lean towards the under. I, I like the jets just a little bit. I, I still think that, you know, the best unit on the field is going to be that jet defense, the giant offensive line, not that good. I, I think the jet defense will be able to get a lot of pressure. And uh, so I do think the giants are going to struggle to score. Um, I think Brees Hall will get some get something going 
Um, he should be able to control this game with yep. uh, on the ground for the Jets. So I think it's just kind of eat the clock up kind of game. Neither team's going to let the quarterback um, do much, and neither defense is going to allow those quarterbacks to do much either. So I think it's whoever runs the ball better. I, like, I have a little bit more confidence in the Jets being able to do that. and So I think it's the Jets and an under. Yeah, Jets, um, on your power ranking sheet projecting for 137 rushing yards on the ground. And, and that's what, yeah, that's right. That's the green That's the green stat, right? You know, 153 passing yards, gross. Giants passing yards, gross. Giants getting some rushing yard um, love because, you know, the quarterback runs as well. But if you if you kind of like just put that on Barkley at, at Barkley's salary level, Barkley is an 8K player. No way. Barkley has has exceeded 30 fantasy points once in the last 30 games. There's only been one time where it was worth rostering Saquon Barkley over the past multiple seasons at an 8K salary. He's one of the most overpriced, incorrectly priced players in DFS. And so don't play him. Right. That's not that hard. Um but the Brees Hall side, that that pops for me at that 137. Now, John, um, you are the brains behind a lot of the tools at Sharp App. So I wanted to um, take a moment to talk about the Proptimizer tool at Sharp App and um, just talk about what this tool is and why people might want to subscribe to Sharp App specifically for this tool. So we talked about the um, the power ranking sheet and, of course, the, the Sharp report, which is data that exists nowhere else. Um, and if you're a sharp better, you want the sharp report. But one other tool that I love here is the Proptimizer tool. And I'm going to show you how it works. It's very simple. So I've got NFL loaded up on the sharp app Proptimizer tool right here. And you can see it's very simple. It's going to show me the, the, the greatest edge prop bets of the weekend all in one spot. So right here, we've got Des Ritter, total passing yards. And um, the Proptimizer is... Well, looking at the under 217 yards, right? Yeah, we've got a projection of 185.7 or whatever it is. There. That's right. So we're projecting Des to throw for 185.7 yards. The odds makers have him at 217. The edge on this play is 35%. And one of the cool things is if you kind of hit the plus button and look around, you could see the every other sports book available, what the odds are and what the props are. In this case, there's no benefit to going to another sports book. Um, BetMGM, DraftKings, uh, well, for the unders, I guess you would go with either BetMGM or DraftKings because you're getting it at 115 where you'd have to pay $119 on Caesars for the same prop. So very simple. If I'm looking for one of the best bets of the weekend, Des Ritter, under 217.5 passing yards, boom, you're done. Here's one. Um, I, I like the, the bigger props, but here's another one. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, under 15.5 rushing attempts we're projecting him for 12 and a half rushing attempts so there's some value in that line in the under um one that i really like and i will be playing this week is the Bijan robinson over 48 and a half total rushing yards play i talked earlier in this breakdown about why i like Bijan in this game in this matchup everything points to him getting a little more work you take the over we're projecting almost 70 rushing yards the prop is 48 and a half that is a massive edge to the over so this is a simple tool that you can use to quickly come up with great prop plays it works for nba nfl any sport you want if you want to get signed up our dfs army youtube channel watchers if you're not currently subscribed to sharp app uh, you can use promo code dfsa20 to get uh, 20 percent off your sharp app subscription exclusively for youtube uh, dfs army 
uh, YouTube subscribers who are watching this here. The link is in the description below. So make sure you uh, go check out the Sharp app if you want to bet on sports or you just want a little bit, even additional help with your DFS play, your sports betting, or your fantasy football league, whatever it is that you like to do. All right. Let's move on. Next up, John, we've got the Jaguars at the Steelers with the Jaguars coming in as two and a half point road favorites taking on a Steelers team that is four and two coming off a big win. Um, the game total set at 42 points here. And John, is this a spot, a get right spot for the Jaguars? Is this a letdown spot for the Steelers? And um, should we grab this Jaguars minus two and a half before it moves? Yeah, I think I, I think uh, you have to take Jacksonville in this one. Um, you know, I'm not, I just have not been a big fan of Pittsburgh, and I think uh, you know I, th- I think it kind of Jacksonville is kind of moving in the right direction. I think this I, I had high expectations for Jacksonville coming into the year. I think they're starting to uh, live up to some of those expectations now. I think Pittsburgh the record is better than this team is. Uh, give Tomlin credit. Listen, Tomlin, I, I think, is one of the better coaches in the league, gets the most out of his talent. I don't think he's ever had less than eight wins, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, I mean, no. yeah, they're always a winning team. I mean, they, they win, right? But the sharp money came in on this one. That's what moved it. It was at minus one. That's what moved it up to the two and a half. I think if you can get the two and a half, you're going to want to jump on this uh, on, on this one now. So, I, I just think you've got the better team here. I don't like the Pittsburgh offense. I was shocked that they won last week. It was basically a home game if you watched it. They were, I don't think it was a Rams fan in the building. Um, and now they're back to being actually at home in Pittsburgh. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I assume the weather's going to be fine. You always kind of worry about that with the Florida teams going north. But we, we haven't quite gotten to that point in the year yet. I think the weather will probably be okay. It's beautiful. Uh, there. It's beautiful in the Northeast. Uh, it's I, a beautiful 70-degree day. Yeah, I saw the weather was nice in New York. So. I'm assuming Pittsburgh won't be too bad this weekend. So barring anything like that, I think Jacksonville wins this game. I'd want to get this before before it gets to three at your book. I love it. A lot of bets, uh, a lot of bets on the game plan this week. And that's what I like to see. Um, One, I'll talk a little bit, just the DFS angle here. It's really interesting. I'm looking at the, um, again, the uh, power ranking sheet and and the prediction of 144 rushing yards for Jacksonville is really popping in my face. Saying, "Hey, Travis Etienne's on this team." I, I don't normally like, you know, a Travis Etienne style player on the road, but um, you know, he's a yardage and touchdowns kind of guy, and and there's there's a sneaky low floor on a player like Etienne if he's not scoring touchdowns or breaking the hundred yard mark. Not a ton of passing work there, but um, this does definitely favor uh, playing Etienne. It definitely stands out and it pops for me that Etienne might be a good spot here. And of course, with Jacksonville, you're always just kind of looking at you know, Kirk and Ridley and, and those guys. I don't think that I'm going to be on Trevor Lawrence this week, though, John. Um, he has priced it, again, in an area where he's never delivered. Uh, effectively, I can't recall a situation where Trevor Lawrence has ever gotten 30 fantasy points um, ever in a game. And he's priced at 6,500, which means uh, on on, fan, on DraftKings, which is really like you, you need to get about 30, uh, 27 ish to make value and it's just above where he does and and i need 33 from him to like be in tournament winning position and while i know that he could get there because he's a good player he's just not done that ever so i kind of think you can effectively not play him and you'll be fine i don't think he can burn you too hard if you don't play him 
All right. Next up, the Eagles at the Commanders. This is a surprisingly low line. John, I'm really curious on your take on this, but the Eagles are six and a half point road favorites in this matchup with a 43 and a half point game total. Um, I have to tell you when I saw the six and a half that my first thought was, huh, that seems low. So tell me what's going on. And is there any sort of sharp action here or, or anything that I need to know about? Um, is it like a sucker bet or are they trying to suck us into the Eagles, but really it's a commander's win like, or, or a commander's cover situation. What's going on here? I think it is a sucker line. Um, yeah, it does look a little low, especially like, you know, they're kind of teasing you in here just under the seven. Yeah, no, they're, um, they're asking us the sports book clearly wants you to bet the Eagles, but why, why? Well, and, and they are getting the Eagles bets. So the public is coming in on the Eagles. They are obliging them here. So, and, and yet they are not moving this line to a seven. So that on? that kind of tells me a lot that Washington's live in this game. Washington's probably live on the on the money line as well. So you're gonna want to uh you're gonna want to hold off on this one and try to get the seven again for similar reasons to what we were talking about before. Now it's different. That game we were talking about before that was at the nine and a half, where the uh, Patriots were getting bet at 10. Um, this we're we're seeing that the the square money's coming in. Uh, and it has been at minus six and a half because that's where this line has really much, uh, pretty much been all week. Um, if it gets to seven, I think there's fear that they're going to get hit with some square money from uh, or sh uh, sharp money on the Washington side. But I think there's a possibility we get there if we get enough, um, if we get enough of the square action where they don't mind taking some bets at seven from the sharp. So I would hold off on this one, but wait and see where this line moves. If it starts coming down. If this goes to six, hit it immediately. Um, and if it gets to seven, hit it immediately. Otherwise, if it sits at six and a half, I would just kind of hold and wait. But uh, I do like Washington quite a bit this week. See, uh, this is one of those situations. I'm just going to say, I, I, as a person who analyzes the game and looks at the matchups and does all of the shit that I try to do, I'm just like, how the hell are the, how is Washington going to be competitive in this matchup? Like, to me, I think this should be uh, Eagles minus 10, um, but it's not. And so I'm just, I, I, I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could pull the trigger on, on Washington, no matter what, because their running game's not very good right now. Um, you know, Sam Howell is getting sacked seven, eight, nine times a game. They got problems over there, but, but we see it time and time again, in these spots where you don't expect anything to go your way and it like flips and, and, and it's hard to understand. So for me, it's more of a, I, I'm going to take it as a warning, just not to bet the Eagles. I'm going to well, use I mean, it for that. That's, I'm just going to be like, I'm just going to use it for that. That's a decision as well. You know, it's like when you're, when you're trading, not trading or not betting is just as, just as good or that maybe not just as good, but it, it is a decision. You have three decisions to make. You can bet on one side, the yeah. other, or not bet at all. And not betting at all is a decision. What a lot of people do, we see it, you know, being involved in this business is everyone wants to bet like every game. Like you don't have to bet every game. You're, the goal here is to try to win, not 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 have action on every single game. I know we like, you know, we like the. There's plenty of action to be had. You've got prop bets out there. We've got we've got plenty of bets to be had. If you don't like a game, don't bet the game. If you want to win more frequently, just bet the props. Yeah. Like, let's let's be real. Like, when we're betting prop betting exclusively, when we focus on props, our our accounts are getting limited, right? But when we're betting these sides, the sports book is like. Yeah, dude. <laughs> How much you want to put on them? 
10 grand, sure. Like there's no limit to how much the action they'll take on a side. But, you know, on props, all of a sudden you can't bet that much. And there's a reason for it because you could beat the sports book on the props a lot more aggressively and frequently than you're going to on these sides. But, um, yeah, for me, it's I, I can't bet it. But I, I have a question for you, John. And this is a how do I relay this to to DFS play? If hey, the line is this close and if we kind of think, hey, maybe the the uh, commanders can be competitive here. Does that mean that then we could get sort of a spike game either from the the commander's offensive pieces or a back and forth affair that leads to slightly higher scoring than what we might think? Or, you know, does that bring the Eagles offense more in play? Because, hey, if the commanders are making this a game, I think that's where the Eagles offensive players are going to shine. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't read too much into my like my sports betting uh with dfs right so i i just think it becomes too difficult so sometimes a play like this i think is a good play for sports betting but i don't necessarily want to take them in dfs so there's not a lot of pieces on the washington side that i want and you're like well th that's contradictory well it's not because there's a million different scenarios where um you know washington wins this game and doesn't necessarily have any great pieces for DFS, you've got so many other games, you know, it's not a showdown slate. And even a showdown, I don't try to create some narrative, like, because there's a million different ways a game could go. And um, even if you guess the exact score right, doesn't mean that you're going to have the exact pieces right. So it's more about playing the game theory, seeing who, what the probability is of each player doing what. Um, so I think the, the long answer summed up into a short answer is uh, separate the two, my sports betting and my DFS. Two different things just because I like a team, even in Survivor Pool, which seems to be very highly correlated, which they obviously are. I'll bet against a team that I like in Survivor. I'm taking them in Survivor strictly from a game theory standpoint because I'm getting a high leverage on that team, but I may like the other side. You know, I think where we get caught up in sports betting in all of this, all this is like everyone has an opinion on what they think is going to happen. Like that's how everyone bets. And that seems like, well, yeah, isn't that how we're supposed to bet? Not really. I bet on teams all just like that Washington game. Like, yeah, my, I, I'm not an idiot. Like, I watch the games. I know Washington's not as good as Philadelphia. I knew New England wasn't as good as, as Buffalo either. But guess what? They won the game. Like, that's what happens in the NFL, right? So um, this is why the guys who are like guys who know football, the smart guy, the guys on TV who played and they're coaching, you watch them make picks. They basically go down the line and just pick favorites to win the game. It's always because, the yeah, it's obvious. Like, I know who the best teams are. You know, I, I know who the favorites are. That's why I hate pools that you with no point spread. The pools with no point spread, I do worse because I'm like, well, there's I, I'm no game theory there. Pool. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you you remove any sort of like mental. Yeah, ability. it takes all the skill out. My 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 cousin's always she's in one of those pools. She's like, oh, who do you like in this game? I'm like, oh, let me see who's favorite. Okay, that's the way I like. I mean, that's it. Like, there's no thinking. Uh, you know, unless it's a one point spread or something like that, you want to take a shot. But anyway, that's the point is these are all different games. There's value in different uh, in different games. In DFS, there may be a different value um, than there is on the uh, sports betting side and, and, and things of that sort. So um, I kind of separate the two. I don't get to I'm not looking at it. I mean, it's still, you're still talking about uh, a team that's projected to be low to uh, again. I Just because my bet, that's just one bet. Right. So I'm making one bet. I could lose that bet. I can win that bet. Um, the market on the whole is going to be pretty accurate. So when you look at their team total for Washington, it's not very good, right? So it's like, what, 20, 
uh, you know, 19 or something like that, you know, 18 and a half, whatever it is. It's not, not that great a team total. So again, don't, don't get too excited about Washington. Okay. I like it. Um, all right. I don't think I talked about DFS plays from this one, but, um, you know, just coming back to the Eagles game, of course, Hurts and, and A.J. Brown's been spectacular and, and DeAndre Swift is great. And on the commander side, if if, uh, if I needed to go there, I don't like the running backs at all. There's a third guy now that just popped his head up and now none of them are of any use at all. The only real player that's interesting for me on the commanders is, of course, Terry McLaurin with a slight nod to Jahan Dotson, who they've been trying to get the ball to. He got eight targets last week. He's super cheap. So maybe a little Jahan Dotson, GPP, Millie Maker um, silliness uh, from that one. All right. Next up, we've got the Texans taking on the 0-6 Panthers. The Texans are coming in as three-point road favorites with a 43.5-point uh, total. And, uh, John, you know, this game has, again, 43 is one of the higher totals on the slate. It's not like a bad game by any stretch from a DFS angles, but um, the Panthers are 0 six. Can they get a W here against the Texans at home? Is this, is this a spot? It, it very well could be, um, you know, I kind of have mixed signals on my models on this game. So it's going to probably be one of those that I, I, I stay away from, but um, yeah, the, the public's going to be on, on Houston, we don't have anything on the sharp report on that, which is interesting. But my this just my gut is telling me that the public is going to be on the Houston side. We do have on the sharp report they let us know where the sports book, the side that the sports book needs. And right now the sports book needs um Carolina, which means they are getting most of the money on Houston. And we tend to fade that without getting too deep into the sharp report. We like to fade the sports book, just the plays that Anthony posts on there. He posts on there for a reason. Uh sports book on the whole does make money. Obviously, they wouldn't be in business, this particular sports book uh, as well. But those plays usually have – it's a very sharp book. So uh, the plays that get bet heavily against them, we tend to uh, we, we tend to want to fade. So that would, that would indicate that we want Houston in this game. Yeah. And I kind of lean on that side too, but, you know, a little nervous about it. Uh, they're coming uh, – they were on the bye last week, right? And um, – so we'll see. Coming on the buy favorite, I, I've got them rated pretty high on my power rankings. I think I have them eleventh overall. Oh, you um, have Houston crushing Carolina too, twenty-seven to nineteen. Yeah, no. So it, it that's kind of all that kind of scares me because we know how bad Carolina's been, and I think Houston's been one of the the darlings of the league. I mean, uh, you know, one of those teams that people didn't expect, basically because the offense is just clicking at a at a much higher uh, level than we really ever anticipated with with Stroud in there. So. Um, yeah, this game scares me. This is a game where they could easily get uh, get tripped up and uh, and and fall. But I, I would still lean towards the Houston side. Don't love the game either way, and I kind of like the game to the over. I think the over forty two and a half is uh, is a better play. Let me ask you a DFS question because this has been bothering me all week. All right, it's already bothering me. Adam Thielen is now priced up in in the full stud zone. Um, you know, he's priced alongside the Chris Olaves. And and um in that level of of quality player, um he I think he's at almost 8k on FanDuel this week. Uh, I'm looking at DraftKings right now, and yeah, um he's above Olave, above Pittman, and just you know just in that zone with um with Devonte Smith and 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 um Brandon Ayuk. So he's at 6600 on DraftKings. You know I normally don't like to pay up for wide receivers you know, who are re getting receptions from a rookie 
quarterback who's probably not that good. But, man, it's hard to deny how amazing Adam Thielen has been all season long. He's averaging 22.6 fantasy points per game. That is an unbelievable number. Um, you know, I will be the first to listen. I have, it's funny. I liked Thielen the first couple of weeks. And then when the price started to spike, I was like, all right, that's enough. And I got off the bandwagon way too soon. And he has been in the nuts lineup for the Millie maker, like five out of seven weeks. What the hell is going on? So what do you do with that situation for this week? He seems overpriced. He's not going to project that well, but 13 targets most weeks. And he has been tearing it up. Now, I think that's the thing. It's the usage rate. You know, so they're just using him, the target percentage. Um, he's the guy they're going to. So um, while they're they're actually a, they're above average to the wide receiver, uh, they're scoring above average at the wide receiver position. And what's interesting is they actually are pretty good defensively against wide receivers. I think primarily that is because um, they've been down in so many games and teams have just kind of run on them. So that's where teams have taken advantage. So it could be a game where, you're looking at Houston running backs, but if you do like, uh, if you if you do like the the Houston side and you like this game to be high scoring, I think you have to add Thielen into game stacks in this one. Yeah, I, I think that would be an interesting way to go. A little C.J. Stroud, Nico Collins, uh, Adam Thielen bring back action. One more, one more. Um, I think important note for this particular game. Uh, I don't really like the the running game very much for Houston at this point. It's getting weird with Singletary and Pierce. Uh, and, and the split and how the work is, is being split up. I, I don't like it. But um, if Miles Sanders is out again, I think Chuba Hubbard is perfectly great to go right back to um, for another week of, you know, Chuba Hubbard getting all the touches kind of action. He's not the kind of guy that I think is going to get us a 30-point a performance. But I think, um, you know, for kind of stone men for, for a starting RB, um, he's the kind of player that will get you a 20 or a 16 or something in that range on DraftKings with a, with a decent to high floor. So I, I'll, I'll keep an eye on um, Chuba Hubbard if if Miles Sanders is out. It's not going crazy, but keep an eye on it. And, and I think you're right. I think at some point you have to acknowledge Thielen and just be like, all right, don't be stubborn anymore. Dude's getting 13 targets. He's basically Cooper Cup on a different team. So just deal with it. All right, here's an interesting one. Browns. And now to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Seattle's a three and a half point home favorite in this one. You know, you have the uh, the Deshaun Watson situation for the Browns. He's not going to play. It's going to be PJ Dynamite Walker for whatever that's worth. He's not very good, but neither is Deshaun Watson in fairness. Um, and on the Seattle side, you know, they're going to be facing that very, very tough Browns defense that can win a game even when the offense is a pretty shitty. Um, Browns lost uh, Jerome Ford last week, so it should be some combination of uh, Kareem Hunt and Pierre Strong at the running back position for the Browns. How do you see this one going, John? Yes, yeah, definitely an interesting game. I mean, the Browns have been one of the best defenses in football, and then last week they kind of gave up a ton of points there, but the defense also won them that game, so it was it was quite the interesting game. We talked about it earlier. Um, and then Seattle just been pretty steady. They took care of uh, business last week. That game, you know, I mean, Arizona had their chances, but Seattle pretty much had that game in hand uh, all week. Now, the money and the the public, they're on Seattle in this game. And I kind of agree with them. And they were, they, were, they were able to move this game from two and a half over the three to the three and a half mark. So I don't love it at three and a half. I hate giving up the hook here. 
Uh, if I can get it at three, I feel a little bit better about it. But I still think Seattle's the side. I think they win this game. And, uh, you know, kind of sucks for me because I've been, I've been, I'm under on the Seattle, uh, the Seattle win total this year. So I'm going to have to find some games where they're going to start losing. But it, it, it's one of those, they're just not showing up great on the power rankings, yet their record is a lot better than what their rankings are. So, and, uh, you know, this is certainly a winnable game for them. Now, the rankings like uh, Cleveland a lot more um, because of that, how well that defense is playing. So, um, now, I just looking at it, I think Cleveland's, Cleveland's the better team. Obviously, who knows what's going on with the offense, but Cleveland, that Cleveland defense is still nasty. So I would kind of like Cleveland, but just the way this line is moving, it's uh, that's leaning me on the Seattle side. So if, if I had to make a bet on this one, I would take Seattle. I don't think you should bet it. I think it's 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 a difficult one to predict because you have PJ Walker coming. the The backup quarterback really throws a wrench into a lot of things, and um, especially when when the starting quarterback also wasn't that good. And I, I think it throws a wrench into a lot of things, John. It, for me, right? Because do I want to take Seattle? Probably not. Look at the look at the horrible metrics that Seattle's getting in the power ranking sheet, like 138 passing yards. It's gross. So, I mean, Cleveland, even after last week's loss, is still kind of getting the respect, the defense respect. And then on the flip side, uh, for for the Browns, like, how do you really know how this team's going to look with without now Ford, who's effectively the backup running back? Uh, Kareem Hunt, it's unclear if he is able to carry a full workload. So you're going to have to bring in, you know, the fourth stringer and Pierre Strong to take a bunch of the carries. I'm a little worried, number one, about like loading up on Kareem Hunt in DFS, considering, you know, he he didn't go through training camp or anything this year. He just kind of popped out out of nowhere, which I don't know what kind of shape that means he's in. Can he handle a full game workload? He didn't do that last week, scored well on like 12 touches. So I don't know if I trust him. Um, and then, then you have to ask yourself, well, if it's not like Kareem Hunt in the running game doing it, how is Cleveland really scoring? And they basically have to rely on defense turnovers and that sort of approach, which they can do. They're really good. But um, that's kind of scary to rely on. So for DFS purposes, I think this game is a pass. It's got a 36 and a half point total. Just don't need it. Just don't touch it. Stay away. I'm staying away from everything. It's 36 point total. Guys, when a team, when a game has a 38 or 37, just don't play it, especially when there are 13 games available. Let's just not play it. So that's what I'm going to do, John. I'm just going to avoid that game. Fuck them. I wanted to play Jackson Smith and Jigba, and I definitely want to play Bobo. But fuck them. But I might play some Bobo. Actually, now that I think about it, I think I'm going to play some Bobo just because the name is cool. Yeah, you might be able to a little bit. You, I, I try to avoid playing against Cleveland. In, let me ask you a question. Last week in your DFS play, um, when the news came out that DK Metcalf was not going to um, be playing, do you jump on the uh, domination station or, or or whatever optimizer, do a late swap? And did you swap in Jackson Smith and Jigba? Or like, are you doing that actively in the middle of the slate? Or, you know, or are you just kind of like, nah, I'm running the afternoon slate, so I'll just load up on those guys there. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, did I do a swap for the yeah. – Yeah, I had to. I think I had – Well, not just because you had Metcalf. I don't mean just yeah. swapping out Metcalf. You mean I just mean like just like an overall, 
oh my God, I didn't know this guy was starting. I've got a bunch of likes. This turdly cheap guy who sucks, but that was all that was available. Yeah. So are you doing that aggressively? In yeah, your, no, I rerun, rerun everything. You know, it's going to depend on the situation, but in a situation like that, you've got to rerun it. Because uh, first, I, I really liked that game. Uh, I thought that was going to be a pretty good game, so I wanted more pieces of it. And um, yeah, so you you have to when you're going to get a significant bump. I forget what I how much I had of uh, of JNS going into uh, the game, but yeah, it bumped it up at least double what I what I had initially had. So yeah, I kind of reran it for all the lineups and um, and and bumped him in, not just taking out Metcalf, but but adding him as well. That's what I was. Beautiful. That's what I was just trying to understand. Yeah, yeah like you know, and it's a we were already kind of on this before. So I had a lot of Jackson Smith and Jigba in my run in general, I was able to swap off onto him a little bit. And, and, and Bobo was the better one really um, because Bobo was cheaper. And that actually replaced some really actually shittier guys that I had in my lineup that were just there right. because that's all it was. And I didn't have enough money. So that was a better version of the, of the swap, but I just wanted to know how you do it. Or if you're yeah. just like, Hey, I'm working my afternoon slate now and i'm just going to focus on that or, or, well, or the one thing i made sure i did was you know so like the optimizers are gonna they're gonna put in your flex they're always gonna put like a, a four o'clock game if they can in the flex which which was fine but when you are when you have a guy like metcalf in there what i did was just go in and manually make sure all my metcalfs were flex if possible so that i had a little bit more yeah. flexibility when uh when the time came if he was going to be out I just didn't play any Metcalf. It wasn't like a tough call for me. I I, I, I had, had a little bit, you know, I had between two, depending on um, like, I forget which FanDuel or, or draft. I was like two to 5% on, on both. That's somewhere fair. In there on both sides. That's fair. Cause you, you're going to get, cause a lot of people weren't going to play him. And then if he did play, it was going to be tougher. You know, are people going to get him in? So you want that leverage and I'm well, able to get him out. You know, there was enough games last week where you're going to easily be able to get him out and jack up uh, the, the, Smith, or, yeah, uh, pay, 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 also, or pay more elsewhere, or get some more stuff. Right. Um, I, uh, I that was so I don't always late swap. Like I, I don't do it every single week. Most weeks I don't. It's rare that you have to. That's what I was going to ask you. Is it? Do you find yourself doing that? I think there have been not two in, weeks this season where where I found a reason, a strong reason to late swap. The How only, often do you find yourself late swapping? It's rare. The only time, like I mean, actually, like using the optimizer to do uh, to to actually swap. But the the only time you'll do it is if you're in a situation where you're in a, a GPP or I mean even cash games. That's another story. I, where you're you talking about an individual strategic, line. yeah, it's a strategic thing that happens more than uh, you know because there's usually only three four games in the afternoon and and you're typically we're not waiting on a big injury. Uh, but last week we kind of knew that we'd be waiting to game time, so that one was kind of known. Yeah, I just I, yeah that's exactly what I was curious. Yes, I've done strategic ones too, where you have this amazing lineup and you're like, oh wait. I have this last two player combo that's a little little maybe sketch maybe maybe I could swap that around a little bit and so I'll I'll do that too but it's that's different than doing a massive late swap where again you're probably 80% of the lineups that you're fucking around with aren't even useful anyway cuz they're long dead before this, the the afternoon games even started so you know there's only usually a few games that are even relevant um for those kind of swaps it's not like NBA where kind of you have all these lineups that are still relevant as each no, game. A night, a night like tonight in the NBA, you're going to be making swaps all night long. Yeah. Yeah. Totally different. Um, all right. Chiefs 
at the Broncos. Did we already do the Chiefs and Broncos? We no. did not. No. No. Okay. Good. Um, Chiefs at the Broncos. Chiefs coming in as uh, six. Chiefs are six and one, coming in as seven point road favorites, taking on a two and five Broncos team. Um, that kind of sucks. And and um, this one has a total of forty six. The uh, the Chiefs team total is the highest on the slate. They're over thirty as a team total. And really, John, the only and, and they're very expensive. And the only real question for me from a DFS angle is like on the chief side is like, how do I how do I afford these guys? And is it worth playing a team that's a uh, again, a surprisingly low seven point favorite um, in this matchup? So the first thing I'm going to ask you is, of course, seven points seems low on the Chiefs. Doesn't seem like the kind of number you'd get against the Broncos. But the Broncos do play the Chiefs well historically and they've kept these games close somehow and then of course can i play the dfs angles here or is it too expensive yeah i mean from a betting standpoint i kind of like denver uh plus the seven i know it's crazy um kansas city you know until last week they have i mean the thing with kansas city is the defense is where the where they've been the most impressive it has not been the offense uh, it's been the defense. Now they played last week a Charger team that just gives up a ton of points to the quarterback, and they no different last week. That's the week Mahomes goes off. Um, Broncos you know, Den- too, though. Yeah, Denver's not good either. Uh, like you said, you know, when it comes to uh, to giving points up, there, I mean, they're terrible. But it's really where it's really running the ball where you can capitalize uh, on Denver's defense. That's what you want to do. You want to kind of pound the ball on them, and so I think we'll see that. And yeah. You can't shy away from a team, you know, a seven point favorite in a 45 and a half point game for DFS. You can't shy away from it. But I do think this game is going to be closer than people think. Um, and more than likely, that means the game goes under. So if Denver's going to stay in this game, it's probably to the under. Uh, if this game starts to become a shootout, I don't think they could hang in there. So it's this game's going to going to go Denver's way if the game stays low scoring. Uh, you know, uh, 20 to 17 or 17, 14 type of a game. That's the only way I think um, it becomes a Denver game. So I, I'm kind of leaning to the Denver side. And if I'm going to be on that side, I'm going to be on the under as well. I'm going to tell you how to make money this week, John. Lock in this, lock in this money. Just tease the Chiefs down six, six and a half points. Chiefs are going to win this game. They're not losing to Denver. If you don't think they're going to, I think you could take it and lay the seven. Denver sucks. Pacheco is going to dominate this game via the run. Mahomes is back. So one of the things you said before, the Chiefs offense hasn't been that good this year, right? Okay. Yes, totally. Mahomes first good game of the season last week, but Mahomes is not an unknown entity. He's a known entity on a known team. So no matter what the hell they're doing this year, I don't give a shit. Um, Mahomes is not hurt. He's the same guy. Um, you know, the, the the wide receiver play is coming together. They're getting the shit figured out with Rashi and all these other guys. Um, I say you can lock button the fact that the Chiefs are going to win this game. And then... How do you take advantage of that? Well, you could take a straight spot on the Chiefs. They want you to play it, and that scares the shit out of me. Anytime they give me too good of a line, I'm a little like, what the hell's going on here? So I think if, if this was part of a teaser, let's say, alongside with maybe the Eagles in that game, just kind of picking these two teams effectively. You don't have to tease it. You could just take the money line on both games. 
Um, I think that would be an interesting way to attack this week's slate or throw the Bills in there um, at home against the Bucks. Do the Bills lose to the Bucks? Fuck no, they don't, right? So if I put six and a half on the Bills and another six and a half on the Chiefs here, I feel really good. I feel greater than 50% that I'm going to cash that play. I know you hate all my teasers and my sleazy teasers and my greasy shit that, that I like to do, but I'm telling you, I like it. This one stands out to me. I, I pair it up with, with, um, with the, with the, with the Thursday night game, take the bills can get a third one in there. If you want to roll in, um, if you want to roll in, uh, the, the dolphins who are probably going to win against the Patriots and you've got a nice little greasy teaser setting up for us right before our very eyes, John. Just I don't like just, it. Just say it. Say you hate it. I do. Okay. You know I don't like it. I know. That's fine. I'll take all the hate. I'll absorb it like a fucking sponge. That's what I do anyway. For professional at it. I'll absorb the hate and then I'll bounce it back at you with all my ducats from my sleazy teaser win on Sunday night. I wish you all the best. Thank you. That's all I want. You don't have to go along with me, but as long as long as you're rooting for the best for me, I always do. Then we can be buds. That's yeah. all it takes. Rooting for the best. Um, so yes, I like that. I don't see the Broncos beating the Chiefs. No, I don't see it. You got to be a good defensive team to beat the Chiefs. That like you have to combine an acceptable offense with playing good defense. So unless the Broncos transform into a better defense that they are. They're just not equipped to stop these guys. And the only thing that's going to stop them are the football gods that sometimes send their curse onto teams that should win games. You know, like what we talked about before, like they send their curse onto you and all of a sudden the bills suck against the, 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 uh, the, the Patriots. And you're like, how is this happening? All of a sudden the bills lose to the giants. Like that happened. How? I don't know. Did that happen? Is that real? Did I imagine that? Is that a real thing that happened, John? Or, or is that a figment of my imagination? Like at this point, I'm smoking a lot of weed lately. I can't even remember. It's the that NFL, thing. man. It's the NFL. It oh, happened. None, none of these teams are good. It wasn't the hybrid kush uh, in my mind that did that. That's real. No, that Bill really happened. Patriots should have lost to the Giants. Unbelievable. It's the NFL. Yeah. Weird shit happens. It ain't happening here. Give me the Chiefs. They beat the Broncos all day. All right. Another game here where, um, and, and oh, DFS angles there. Just again, it's Pacheco. It's Mahomes. It's it's Kelsey. And Rishi Rice, I guess, at wide receiver for the Chiefs. And then the Broncos, it's like, don't play these guys. If you think the Broncos are keeping it close, I suspect that Javante Williams and Cortland Sutton would be the reasons why. But... I kind of have some interest in Cortland Sutton just a little bit, uh, not Cortland Sutton in Javante Williams, just because he actually seems to finally be taking over the lead role. If you look at the usage for the Broncos last week and Javante Williams is awesome. So actually I do have some Javante uh, interest here, but I, I normally like to try to target running backs for the teams I think are going to win their games. And I don't see that for the Broncos, but if they do win, it's Javante. You know how many touchdowns Javante has on the season? Do not. Zero. It's week, it's week eight, and your lead running back doesn't have a touchdown. 
Well, he was out a little bit. It's week eight. I know. Score a touchdown. It's time. I think the variance is coming around. Even the worst running back has a touchdown. Come on, Javante. It's time. Um, all right. So moving on. Ravens at the Cardinals. Ravens are eight and a half point road favorites in this one. But the game that's carrying a 44 and a half point total. And John, um, Lamar Jackson coming off a spectacular week. It was a non-competitive game. Put up a huge number. Um, they're looking at another non-competitive game here. Can he put up another huge number? I like Lamar, but you know, traditionally this Ravens team has not been a team that scores a ton of points or, or fantasy production in games where they're kind of dominating or, or heavy, heavily favored like this one. So I don't know how you want to treat that for DFS. And of course the eight and a half point number is pretty high for a road team, but you know, the Cardinals are one and six and they seem to get worse most each week. Yeah. Uh, Kyler Murray's practicing today so that they got that. Um, I don't know if he's going to be able to play this weekend, but uh, we'll see what they do there. But um, yeah, eight. the public is on Baltimore, obviously, um, and we're seeing that on the Sharp Report as well. I, I don't have much of a lean on this game. I don't really like it. Uh, I think the eight is actually the right number. I think the total is pretty close to where it needs to be. Um, I, I like that Baltimore over last week, and I could see that hitting again. Um, so I would lean into the over on this game. I, I think... Look, Arizona disappointed me last week against uh, against Seattle. I was hoping for more points in that game. Um, yeah, there's no reason for Lamar not not to be able to go off though. Uh, again, he's had some weeks where you know he came out and basically addressed fantasy players like, "Hey, I'm trying to win games and not trying to win your fantasy league." But I, I think this will be a big week um, for Lamar and uh, their running game. So yeah, I would have no no problems playing Lamar in, in uh, with a big line like this. Okay. I, I, yeah, I, I like Lamar too. And, and it's just, it is a big line and it's a little scary um, to think that maybe, but the, the thing about the Ravens is they don't really have a running back that they can lean heavy on. And so I think that part of it almost again, but, but again, Gus Edwards comes in. I, I, there is risk here. I much prefer Lamar in a competitive game, but this is how this week is setting up. None of the studs have a competitive game. None of them. So I think it's one of those things where you're just going to have to either suck it up and play Mahomes or Lamar in a non-competitive environment. Or are you like, so let me flip to the previous game though. With your prediction that the Broncos keep it close, let's say, within seven, does that increase your interest in Mahomes saying, hey, if it's a close game, Mahomes is doing his thing? No. I mean, like I said before, I, I try to separate the two of those. But even in that, even in that uh, case, I would, um, I would lean towards that game being a lot lower scoring. I think that's why it would happen. So I don't, I, I just don't think like if, if Mahomes goes out and has a big game, I think they cover. So I think if Mahomes is is scoring over thirty, they're going to cover that game. It's going to. So be you want to pair up there. if you're taking the underdog, you might as well just pair it up with the under. Yeah, exactly. Good to know. All right, um, last game on this slate, we got the Bengals heading out to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. 49ers will be sans Brock Purdy. It looks like he has a concussion. And so we'll see Samwise the scared at, at the helm for the uh, for the 49ers in this one. Uh, they lost a couple of points on the spread there. Not that many. Two points, which does that seem appropriate to you, Purdy to uh, Samwise? Yeah, I think they're going to be fine with, uh, with Darnold in there. So I, I, I'm not that concerned. Uh, two seems about right. Um, 
it was the one thing I liked about San Francisco coming into the year is that I thought of every team in the league, every good team in the league, uh, they can afford a loss to the quarterback position um, and they could absorb that more than just about any other team. Uh, I don't, you know, Purdy's good. I don't think he's, this isn't about Purdy, this team. This is more about the, that offense, the, the way they're able to run the ball, yeah. very efficient. And I, I think he'll be fine. Um, I think the question marks more on the Cincinnati side, like which Cincinnati teams are going to get to show up here. So uh, tough to bet against San Francisco coming off that loss. Uh, I just want to, you know, I, I got your power ranking sheet up. I know you're well, not always terrible. So that's why they're, they're going to show up poorly here. Uh, it's, this is a hard game to handicap though. Yeah, you know, Cincinnati projecting for 38 rushing. What the hell's going on with that rushing game Terrible. in Cincinnati? I mean, that is disgusting. 38 rushing yard projection here. So, you know, if you want to play Mixon, good luck with that, right? And um, not a ton of passing yards, of course, uh, projected for the Bengals as well here at 206. Uh, San Francisco, of course, projecting uh, with a ton of rushing yards. Cincinnati is allowing... Um, 16 yards above uh, expectation to opposing running backs, uh, 17 yards to opposing wide receivers. So, so effect or, or no, 10 yards to opposing wide receivers. So uh, effectively Cincinnati is slightly below average against the run and the pass, but worse versus the rush than the pass that sets up very nicely for the insanely overpriced Christian McCaffrey, who is unplayable. Christian McCaffrey. Who else did I say was unplayable? when we were breaking this down, uh, Christian McCaffrey is probably the most unplayable on in DFS. He's over 10 K on FanDuel unheard of unheard of, uh, over 10 K on FanDuel. He's 99, almost 9,500 on DraftKings. which again, to, to, to bring that into perspective, McCaffrey at 9,200, he needs to put up, like, he played every snap against Minnesota. He got a 23. Seemed like a good game. Um, he has one game this season where he put up 51 fantasy points, which was insanity, right? And that was a 9,200, and he was in the nuts that week. Every other week on the season, he has put up below um, 20, 26 or 27. He's been right there. He's been a 22, 24, 23. But at 9,200, you need... 36 just to keep pace on DraftKings with a, a 200 point score. You need 48 to keep pace with a 250, which is tournament what wins a tournament. So unless you think that McCaffrey and he could, but he needs a 48 here. So like his chances of getting there, John, it's not high. He'll do that once, maybe once more this year. Maybe this is the week. I look stupid. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. The thing with him is just the floors are so high because of the, the usage. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, listen, he always has upside. Great I don't know cash that, guy. what's that? Great cash guy. Always be. I mean, you're just you're just locked in. To, he's just not going to give you a bad week. Um, but is he going to give you a tournament winning week? Yeah, highly unlikely at that price point. So I, I agree with you there. That's all I'm saying. I, I do like um some of the other spots on on um really on both teams, but but certainly for the 49ers, you know. Um, Ayuk is, he's priced up a little bit, but if, if Debo Samuel's still out, they have, uh, you know, Juwan Johnson, man, I can't remember the name, but they have uh, their WR2 Jennings, um, Juwan uh, Jennings, I guess, uh, he's been fine as a WR2 if they need him. If Debo is out, 
I would also have some mild interest in George Kittle. I think with Sam Darnold in there, I almost have more interest in Kittle. Darnold does tend to focus in on one player, and I could I, I could totally see him just throwing to Kittle seven or eight times in the same game. So that that's kind of interesting. I'm, I'm not going to get away from it because Purdy's not in the game. I think what, what you'll see is a less efficient version of the offense, but that might mean more targets for some of these other guys that don't always get them. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, any sort of diff, uh, any any interest on your part on the uh, Bengal side? I mean, we just saw the Vikings just put up monster numbers against San Francisco. Maybe maybe that's a thing now. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's very hard. I, it, it's difficult to figure out which Cincinnati team is going to going to show up here. I mean, we started to see some signs that the the offense was getting better, but um, I don't know. This is a tough spot. San Francisco coming off that that uh, bad game on Monday night. I, I wouldn't want to be Cincinnati in in this one. <laughs> there you go. Angry San Francisco out for justice um, in this one. Um, I like it. Let's let, you got a side to pick here, John. It, it's tough here. Cause I really want to see what's going on with the quarterback, but um, we know yeah. it, it, he's no, out. I know, but I, I want to try to, I gotta, I gotta figure out what the points are, but I'm going to say uh, if I had to lean early this way, it would be on San Francisco. Let's see what the price is for Darnold. You know, yeah, here it is, John. Sam Darnold is 4,300 on DraftKings. Yeah. No, obviously, yeah, he's going to be cheap. And I, I think I, that's a, that's so cheap. Yeah. That he will be in play in DFS this week in a real and significant way. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. 4,300. So, you know how I just recounted how Christian McCaffrey needs like a 36 plus to even be viable on the slate, which he can get. He could totally get that, but it needs to be probably around 40 at 4,300 to keep pace with a 250 pointer. You just need 20 fantasy points out of Sam Darnold. And that's for 250. Uh, 16 fantasy points keeps you on pace for a 200. So Sam Darnold, the end note of this breakdown, I think is in play for DFS, as crazy as that sounds. Definitely in play. Yeah. Uh, and it's a tough week where, where there's not a whole lot of middle ground. So the middling, I, I think there's a lot of guys who are priced at 6,500 that are more likely to get you 16 than they are to get you 30. So that really, that really is an interesting um, endpoint of this. Um, so I still kind of like, I, I don't know how to bet this one, to be honest with you either. I'm, I'm with you. I'm a little bit, you know, if the good Bengals show up, they can win this game. So I don't like any of that. I think I'm going to stay away from it. Um, in, in terms of, I, I think actually I would probably lean San, I would think I'm, I think I'm leaning Cincinnati here. I think there's a version of this game that plays out where the Bengals win it. I, it would definitely not shock me. Yeah. So it's a tough game to bet. Yeah. Tough one. But a really interesting, and and it's just like now occurring to me, I hadn't looked at his salary. That news of San Francisco literally happened. We are recording this on when, Wednesday afternoon, and that news came out like an hour ago. So I haven't really had time to absorb it. But now that I think about it, at 4,300, Sam Darnold is going to be somebody that's got to be in my mix this week. So, you know, up is down, left is right. Cats and dogs living together. Who knows what's going to happen this week? Um, guys, that's going to do it for the game plan NFL week eight main slate breakdown.
Uh, again, thanks to John for being here with us as always. Make sure if you want to check out Sharp, go over. Link is in the description below. Get signed up at Sharp as a VIP over there. Get 20% off. It's like it, it's $49.99. You get 20% off. $39.99 a month. You get all of the tools, the Sharp Report. You could just tail John's bets if you like, but I love the Sharp Report, the top props. Proptimizer tool is the best tool for betting props that exists anywhere in the industry with the sharpest betting model around. So it's been killing it. I believe your top props for NBA last year, just following your article, was up uh, what forty three units on the uh, season. I think almost three. Yeah, almost almost like fifty units, something like that. It's been up quite a bit, hundred sixty some odd units for the last two years. So two we'll seasons. See how it goes. Yeah, yeah, we're betting one unit plays. John's putting out. John goes in the Proptimizer every day, picks out his three or four favorite of those NBA uh, top props. That thing's up fifty units last year. If you're just tailing that, it's more than worth it. If you're a sports better, they will limit your account, and that is a sign of glory. Wait for that to happen, and then you tell us my account got limited, and we will give you a sharp app swag bag for getting your account limited for crushing those sports books like never before so we want to send those out as well so um get onto sharp follow the top props get your account limited and get some swag i love it um we will see you guys next time on the game plan